Uh huh. Welcome to the candy shop. We speaking on things you not. Just press play and let it rock. Hey. Welcome to the candy shop. Whoa. Welcome to the candy shop. We speaking on things you not. Just press play and let it rock. Hey. Welcome to the candy shop. Whoa. Feel like we going through mad things. Gotta keep it real when they choose not. We gonna talk about it when the news drop. Welcome to the show where you know we don't fake this. Keep your opinion to yourself if it don't make sense. Hola, Podcast Nation. It's your girl, Candidly Kristen, and this is The Candid Shop, your number one destination for candid conversations. On this author spotlight, I am sitting down with D. Neil Elliott, author of A Higher Road, Cleanse Your Consciousness to Transcend the Ego and Ascend Spiritually. D. Neil believes that as more and more people follow this higher road to true spiritual perfection, a new era of love and peace will dawn for everyone throughout the world. And so it is my immense pleasure to welcome D. Neil Elliott to the Candy Shop. Oh, well, thank you, Kristen. It's such a pleasure to be here. And and I'm looking forward to our conversation today. As am I. So let's just get right to it. I think I just want to start with the why of your book, if you could share that with me and my listeners. The why being why did I write it? Yep. Okay. The impetus for writing it was I got to a point in my life where I sat down and planned out my suicide and crafted my suicide note. Mm. And this was a result of, you know, slowly from 2002 to 2015, slowly driving myself into this deep and despondent depression. And in 2015, I thought I need to somehow get out of this. And, and no one knew this because we're all great actors in our environment. We can put forth whatever we want to client, family, friends. Yep. And so my wife didn't know, my family didn't know, certainly friends and, and, can't, and the clients didn't know. And so for a couple of years, 2015 to late 2017, I was studying these scientific books and uh, spiritual books to try and find some kind of process, some meaning to life. Because I got to a point where it's, you know, like, what's the point? That like, I work hard, I spend a lot of money, I make a lot of money, and I was just totally miserable inside. And then just prior to sitting down, our house had been on the market for five years, it sold my wife jumped on a plane to go to Toronto, Ontario, Canada to visit uh, family. And I sat down at this little rental one bedroom apartment kitchen table and crafted my suicide note. And I was planning it out so that, you know, I could commit that act three, four months out and say goodbye to family and friends and get rid of all the, you know, stuff that everyone accumulate, or well, at least I did accumulate sits, clogs up attics and <laughs> closets and stuff. Got just it. to try and make my wife's life easier. And some information had arrived in this fortuitous fashion before I sat down to craft this note. And it promised to liberate me from my thinking. <clears throat> and I will push out the date of my suicide. I'll try this. So I was looking for anything to hang on. Right. And and I I, you know, studied it for a year. And as I was studying it, you know, I kind of, things started to change for me very slowly and very imperceptibly. But a year later, I woke up and my depression was entirely gone. I felt full of love and peace and joy. 
I had this new verve for life and I felt totally abundant and prosperous. Nice. And so I immediately wanted to stand on the rooftops and share this to everybody, this process I'd gone through and this new knowledge I gained. And I thought, oh, I'll be looked at like an idiot. So I thought the best way to do this, the best way to help people and help change this world into this new era of love and peace is to write a book and share my story. And, and so that's what I've done is I've written this book and I would, I wish everybody in the world would read my book and make a decision for themselves. <laughs> you know, it's okay if you decide it doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. Right. But I know there's people out there that would really like to change their lives and transform their lives. And I can tell you, uh, this works. It's concrete, it's rational, it's logical. I'm an engineer, <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. based in science. It, it. it works and it is just amazing. Well, I am excited. I have your book and I am excited to to read it and to, you know, see if it resonates with me because I'm a seeker. And so it's the just the title resonated with me. So so tell me in your words what consciousness is to you. Oh, that's a great question. And everything we're going to talk about today it will be explained in a higher road. If you follow all seven steps, you're going to understand way more than we even touch on today. But uh, consciousness. So, you know, I used to think that consciousness was in my brain. It was something that I had learned, I had experienced, I had been exposed to, I had witnessed, you know, or, you know, I picked up by, you know, learning. And so I used to think everything I thought was in my brain. And then I read, so I read a book that actually, and I share all this in a higher road again, but I read a book that actually explained to me in a way that I could understand that everything that I thought was really just a belief. Okay. And, you know, being an engineer, and I think everybody's like this, you grow up, you program your subconscious mind with these patterns of thinking and feeling and you you reinforce those patterns of thinking and feeling as you grow older and you adjust them but you know essentially this become this these patterns of thinking and feeling that you've embedded in your subconscious and unconscious mind mm -hmm. and so i knew what was right and wrong and good and bad and true and false uh, you know that's what i believed right and so this this first scientific book that i talk about really got me to the point of understanding even though i think it's right or wrong true or false good or bad it is really just a belief mm -hmm. and if you can change your beliefs that means you can uh, change how you think but that requires a process because really what you need to do is you need to get to this you know the subconscious patterns of thinking and feeling this programming mm -hmm. and you need a process that breaks up and dissolves this this these patterns because they're like concrete they're very hard to break up they're yeah. very hard to dissolve so you need yeah. a process to do that so anyway so my understanding of consciousness evolved as i as i read these various books and and one book spoke to the fact that and is all based in science and all documented Got it. is that your thinking affects the expression of a cell. The expression of a cell is the work that it does. Mm. So you can promote the well-being of a cell or be detrimental to it 
through your thinking. And so what you think about will affect your biology. You can draw illness to yourself or you can promote the well-being of yourself. Absolutely. And so that was started a shift in consciousness for me to understand that consciousness is not only in my brain, but it's all throughout my body. Mm. And then I read, you know, a book on neuroplasticity, which explained that, you know, people that really want to try and change their thinking, you know, someone, for example, that had a brain injury, they could, through certain processes, change how they thought, so their neural pathways in the brain, change those neural pathways with their thinking and grow new brain cells. So that to me was just another thing based in science that's documented, that demonstrated that, you know, our thinking has a lot of power and our consciousness has a lot of power. And yeah, and then I read this book by an author that had a near-death experience. So this was the next step of, of understanding of consciousness. Okay. So, you know, she, this woman was suffering from over a four year period from this aggressive form of cancer. And she had at the end of that four year period, she had tumors from her waist to her head and some of the size of lemons and her body weight dropped from a normal body weight down to 75 to 90 pounds. Mm. She couldn't lift her head on her own. And she needed oxygen and, and care 24 hours a day. She fell into a coma and the, <clears throat> they rushed her to the hospital. The admitting physicians told her husband and family that she wouldn't make it through the night. And she woke up 24 hours later and declared she would be okay. And within two weeks, they couldn't find a trace of cancer in her body. Wow. And yeah, so, you know, so the important thing with her explanation is that she described what she experienced in this 24 hour period. And she came back with specific messages, a lot of them, but, you know, a couple of them were that, or three or four of them were that we come from love and we return to love. We're not judged after death. And she felt like she was becoming part of everything in the universe as she expanded and grew in this coma state or this near-death experience state. She felt like she was becoming a part of a rock or a tree or another person. And, and then she described how she communicated in that realm as well, with, you know, not the way we communicate as humans. But right. so what this did with this again, took my consciousness, understanding of what consciousness is and stretched at her, her explanation. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go beyond that later in this conversation. But her explanation was that consciousness is in everything. It's imbued in everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that even though I couldn't, I could understand the words and I could understand the concepts, I couldn't really understand it. If you know, right. if you can yeah. <laughs> know what I mean. Yeah. And but what it did was her book at the time, what her book did was it had this little nagging, I grew up agnostic, but I had this little nagging Christian doubt, so to speak, that if I committed suicide, I was going to go to a bad place. Got it. And, and, her, and it's probably because I wanted to believe it, but her book was, you know, told me that I wasn't going to be judged after death, no matter what I did here. And so that I felt that that gave me permission to commit suicide. I'd be okay. All right. And so that's when I sat down to craft the suicide note. So I used to think that consciousness was in my brain 
I now see consciousness all around us. And I see consciousness as a stream of thoughts that go by our awareness. And we pick a thought out of that stream. And we do this in a nanosecond. We pick a thought out, we examine it. If we like it, if it's consistent with our patterns of thinking and feeling, whether it's a loving thought or an angry, vengeful, you know, vindictive thought, we will keep it. If it's something that's not consistent with those patterns of thinking that we've embedded in our subconscious, we just throw it back into the stream and away it goes. (laughs) And so what I realize now is that our consciousness is of our own making and with the right knowledge, with the new knowledge and the right process, we can totally transform how we think and how you think. So every event and every experience that comes into your life, you are the creator of it. Mm. And, and it's all done through your thinking and your feeling. And this is fully explained if you go through the seven steps. And so I have this understanding of consciousness now that is, we are not actually matter imbued with consciousness. We are consciousness made visible through the descent of vibrational frequency of electrical particles. Everything that you see, touch, feel, hear, know, think is solid, think is matter, is really just energy, is really just consciousness made visible through these uh, mechanics of the universe. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. And a little bit of how I feel about what consciousness is in terms of it being in everything and everything being consciousness, I guess. I There is a quote in your book from Lao Zhu, I think I'm saying his name right. And it says, if you correct your mind, the rest of your life will fall into place. And I thought that was pretty profound. I highlighted it. So uh, I guess that leads me to my next question for you. And that is, when you say transcend the ego and ascend spiritually, what is that to you, like when you pin the words. Okay, so we we have to back up and talk a little bit in a in a larger sense here. So, okay. first off, we need to take the frame of reference off of one lifetime. Got it. So, and we're now going to talk about this from a soul perspective. Okay. So, we come from unconditional love, and we return to unconditional love. The When you understand what was before the Big Bang, the impetus for the Big Bang, what happened at the time of the Big Bang, and then how the material universe came about, how electromagnetism came into being, and how, you know, matter was created, and all of these things, you're going to understand, and based in science, not engineering, calculation, mathematical science, but you're going to understand conceptually how everything is created. And your soul, so, you know, whether you call this God or Yahweh or the Tao or our creator, I'll I'll refer to it in this conversation in kind of general terms, and and you'll understand the differences of, of universal consciousness and divine consciousness when you go through the book. But so your soul is a fragment of divine consciousness. 
mm-hmm. and the mechanisms of electromagnetism and the ego is to create individuality out of the wholeness of divine consciousness. Your soul is perfect. Your soul is unconditional love. Your soul is equal to every other soul. And your soul's purpose in coming here to this er, uh, school that we call Earth is to learn, is to experience, and to learn specific lessons that it wants to learn. You are a unique expression of the source of our being. And over many lifetimes, your soul comes here. And over many lifetimes, you learn these various methods, various things that you want to learn and experience. And in some lifetime, whichever lifetime that is, you create a, well, in every lifetime, your thinking Your consciousness is the fabric out of which you make your lives. And your consciousness fabric is the ground of every response to every single thing that happens in your mental, emotional, and physical lives. Your consciousness is your reality. So how you think, what you think about creates what you believe is your reality Mm -hmm. and what you see is your reality. And it is a tool of the ego so the ego is formed at the time of conception your soul is infused into your physical body at the time of conception the little eye mind of ego takes control right away and it actually shapes the fabric of your consciousness as you as you learn from your parents when you're very young and you absorb their thinking and their feeling and patterns of behavior and the religion you were born into and you know all of the cultural things that you were born into you start to shape the fabric of your ego consciousness and your ego remains in control until your soul finally wakes up to what it's doing to itself by creating all of these events and experiences in its life both the ones you like and love and the ones that you you know hate or merely endure and it's only through lessons of suffering will the journeying soul gain self-knowledge to retain individuality after discarding the ego so your purpose when you come here is to learn these lessons over many lifetimes in varying genders, varying colors of skin, varying places of origin, varying cultures, um, different religions, sometimes wealthy, sometimes poor. But it is this evolution of the soul where your soul finally wakes up in a lifetime, understands what it's doing to to itself, and then begins this process to... Uh, transcend all of the ego-driven behaviors which are contrary to unconditional love. You are not here to express God. You are here, or excuse me, you are not here to please God. You are here to express God. And your soul's purpose is to come to this realization of, of what the ego is doing, to gain mastery over your life and and express unconditional love to everything and everyone in your environment. And so by transcending the ego, it means that what you're doing is you are transcending 
this egoic responses to life, this egoic thinking to life, mm-hmm. and allowing your soul to gain mastery over your thinking and your feeling and your responses to everything that happens in your lifetime. When I see someone today, I see that their soul is equal to my soul. Their soul is unconditional love. And anything that they are doing, which I may consider to be, you know, not a good thing, harmful to other people or reprehensible, I know it's just their path to the light. They are on their journey. Their ego is in control. Their ego has control of their life and their responses and their thinking and their feeling. And their soul has not yet woken up to the fact that, you know, this is what's going on. And it has not yet started this process, transcend uh, the ego. And when you do this in whichever lifetime it is, your soul, your body, you know, when you die, your, your ephemeral body will return to dust, but your soul moves on. Your soul is infinite and eternal. And when it finally transcends the ego in whichever lifetime that is, it will step into the light and it will not need to be reincarnated again. Wow. That that's you actually answered what the question that was forming while you were talking, and that is once the soul has transcended the ego, then the lifetimes, at least physical lifetimes, stop because your your soul has in that like whatever lifetime that is has woken up, so no more yeah. lifetimes. No, for the no soul. more no more lifetimes. As a human, right, right <laughs> on whichever right. planet that is. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Now, is it possible? I had the question while you were. We were just. Is it possible for someone's soul to never wake up? No, it's it is it it's going to happen. It 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 got is it. your destiny, but okay. it could be three hundred lifetimes. It could got be five hundred lifetimes. It. I have no idea. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, that was that was. Oh, this is really interesting. Okay, so as I always do in my preparation for chats. I, I went to your website and I poked all around and I read a bunch of stuff and I actually got this question that I'm going to ask you from your website, and it is, how can scientific discoveries and spiritual concepts work together to explain the truth of our existence in a factual, rational, and engaging way? How can that happen? Okay, so let's, let's talk about a higher road first, and then I'll, just, then I'll answer that question specifically. Okay. got it. So just give everybody context. So a higher road has five parts. Uh, Part one is really what you're going to learn. And it's an introduction to the book and the structure of the book. Part two is a very candid memoir of my life and the patterns of thinking and feeling that I adopted, my, my experiences that I adopted, these patterns of thinking and feeling, and then how I created every event and every experience that came into my life. And I link it. To these okay. things. Got it. Part three is a chapter in science. And this chapter in science begins this opening up of and getting a common understanding of what consciousness is. Okay. And uh, it's, it's designed to 
to get everybody on the same page and to stretch your concept of consciousness. And it's based in science. Part four is really truths unveiled. So this blueprint material that I received, I've gathered it all together. I've put it in a PDF. When you read A Higher Road and you get to the to following these seven steps, if you decide to do this, then I make that, that material available to you. And, it, and it's, it's key material. And the fifth part of my book is really my experience as I follow the seven steps. Okay. Now, my recommended way to read A Higher Road is read it cover to cover, understand the process in its entirety, and then make a decision for yourself whether it's something that resonates with you. And if it does, go back and start with some of the science material or start directly with step one. Okay. If it doesn't resonate with you, then... I request if you bought a print copy, can you just pass that copy on to somebody else without any colorful commentary and let them discover for themselves whether this process makes sense to them? Got it. And so what A Higher Road is constructed to do is to share the process that I've gone through and and how it's transformed my life and to actually bridge this gap between spirituality and science mm. so between the science chapter and then this blueprint material this bridges this gap it's based in science in concepts you will understand and it enables you to make this uh, bridge to a spiritual connection to a connection back to the divine Got it. and so Okay, so let's talk about science. So what do we know in science today that we didn't know, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago? The first thing we know is that there's nothing solid under the sun. Mm -hmm. Everything at a subatomic level is really just energy. So, you know, we know this in science today. It is a, you know, proven fact through all of the research and stuff that we have done. It is really just energy. Right. And what science believes is there was a big bang of what they don't know. But there was a big bang. Out of that big bang came the, what we consider to be the material universe mm -hmm. and an electromagnetism. So electromagnetism and then the development of elements, etc. So science believes that these electrical particles randomly got together, fused and formed elements that these elements randomly got together and created the first living molecule and that these living molecules randomly got together to create the first living cell. And then over billions of years of evolution, we have all of the life forms that we have today. And so let's talk about cells. So we get, you know, you have the sperm, or you have the sperm fertilizes the ovum. It starts with one cell, divides into two, into four, etc. And over a nine-month period, you build this intricate workings of this body. Mm -hmm. And there's over 50 trillion cells in a body. And the other thing we know in science today is that every cell in the body has the library of information for the entire body. The only difference between a liver cell and a skin cell is the work that it does. So these cells, they get together and, you know, they're, they're tasked with building a liver. When they work in a harmonious fashion to build and maintain this liver over a lifetime, they never intrude on each other's work. 
and they don't suddenly spring into making a nose or an ear when they're building this liver. And so now let's look at one cell. So every cell in the body, this is all known in science. So every cell in the body, a cell has a permeable membrane around it, which gives it protection and individuality. This permeable membrane. So the question becomes, when did consciousness first creep into living matter? Mm. And the, so this permeable membrane Uh, The cell can distinguish what nutrition is going to be helpful to it, and it will accept that nutrition through this permeable membrane. It utilizes it. It discerns when there's a buildup of toxic waste from using this nutrition, and it ejects it out of the permeable membrane so it doesn't harm itself. Now, that is the first act of consciousness. It It is a consciousness decision of this nutrition is going to be good for me, oh, I now have toxic waste because I've utilized this process and it's built up. I got to get rid of that or it's going to harm me. That's the first act of consciousness. Mm. And I believe science, scientists could actually, you know, agree with that's an act of consciousness. So the question becomes, if there's consciousness in a cell, why wouldn't there be consciousness in the living molecules that got together to form a cell? Mm. And if there's consciousness in the living molecules, then why wouldn't there be consciousness in the elements that combined to form a living molecule? And if there's consciousness in the elements, why wouldn't there be consciousness in the electrical particles that fuse to create an element? And so there's this life force energy. You know, when you look at all of creation and, you know, let's look at all the biological things. You know, cells are repeated in a billion, 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 billion different ways throughout the universe. It's always orderly. It's always, you know, designed with purpose. And if you study evolution, you will see that every adaptation in the body, you know, be it a bird, an animal, a plant, every adaptation in the body over, you know, hundreds or thousands or millions of years has been very purposeful and useful to that body. This is a directional life force energy that provides for all of creation. And this directional life force energy, you know, comes from our source. And so when you understand this material that I share with people explains exactly what was before the Big Bang, the impetus for the Big Bang, what happened at the time of the Big Bang and how creation came into being. And And then it describes the effects of the tools of the universe that we use moment by moment to create every event and every experience that comes into our lives. And when you understand these processes, you can make, and and how all of this works, you can make a conscious decision to either totally transform your life, to go through this process of this spiritual awakening, or continue on with your life as you are and either is fine you're not judged for it right but for the people that are willing to do this let me tell you what happened to me so as i went through this process these changes happen slowly and imperceptibly and you need to come to this material so i've designed a higher road to do this in the best way i can you need to come to this new material with an open mind with a mind without prejudgment, you need to come as a little child for a love of curiosity and wonder. And if you can do that, 
And if you can follow this process and do not doubt as you're following this process and learning this new material, because when you doubt, you will create consciousness barriers to your learning and even eradicate insights that you've gained. So you need to keep those in abeyance. So I talk about this in a higher road for people. So you learn this material. So what happened to me was that over, you know, in after one year of following this process, I woke up and my depression was totally gone. I was full of this inner love and peace and joy and felt totally prosperous and abundant. Okay. 13 months after I went into two meditations, you will learn a meditation in this process. But I went into two meditations that were two days apart. When you go through these meditations and you go through this process, you you will go through shifts in your vibrational frequency of your consciousness. Mm-hmm. And the spiritual energy flowed into my head, filled my body, enveloped my entire body. And I just felt totally bathed and cradled in unconditional love. And it was, I didn't care what anybody had done to me in the past. I didn't care what I had done. I didn't care about any ailments or pain that my body had. I just wanted to stay in this state. I felt fully supported. I felt non-judged and I felt just bathed in unconditional love. And it, and it's, we don't have the human language to describe it. It is just an amazing experience. And I had two of these back to back and With those two meditations, that just, you know, cemented for me that what I learned, what I had gained, the process that I had gone through was absolutely true. Mm -hmm. And that has just now been, so that was, you know, I started this process in November 2017. That would have been late December of 2018. And it has been this ever-evolving, ever-deepening knowledge and spiritual awakening and process that just becomes more magical and more beautiful and more loving every moment since then. It is just, it is an absolutely amazing process. Oh, I love and, it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> well, you know, so all of the the safety, the security, the peace, the love, the joy that you are searching for is, is all within you. It's got nothing to do with outside of you. It's got nothing to do with what you own or how much money you have or don't have or where you live or how big your house is or the kind of car you drive or your position in life. Right. It is all within you. Your goal, life is really a journey within. It is not a journal journey without. And we are the little I mind of ego, you know, comes to this point where it believes that everything that it sees, feels, and knows is reality. That's not reality. That is, we're like method actors. We come here, we adopt, you know, we're learning this, this method acting where you just you you take on another character. Yeah. So we just we just are are wandering through life letting our ego have control of our lives and really our goal is for our soul to wake up and take mastery over that. Our reality is our soul. Our soul is infinite and eternal. And and our goal is to come back to this truth and then come back to the divine. And when you get this inflow of spiritual energy, 
you are supported, you're given direction, you're given, you know, clarity about what you should be working on. And, you know, it's just, it's an ever evolving, just amazing process. And I wish everybody would do it because when, as more and more people do this individually, they will come into their own state of this inner peace, love and joy. And then they become a beacon of light for others to be curious about. And they will, they will, for people, you know, so it is not your place to push your beliefs onto anybody, but if somebody is open and curious, you know, you share with them, but if they're not, then you just hold your peace because it's just not their time. Right. I have a question. I got, well, of course I've got questions, but the seven step process that a higher road that you would go through, is there an order? Like, can somebody just jump in where they want to jump in? Or is it important to the process to take the steps in a particular order? Yeah, no, it's an important that you take the steps in a particular order. So uh, you've, you've got to learn this new knowledge and you'll be taken through this process as you go through this, but you've got to learn this new knowledge. So as you're learning this new knowledge, you'll be, you'll be presented with the steps to go through as you get to them. Got it. Got it. Okay. So my next question to you is, what does your book offer, The Higher Road offer, to readers that others, similar books or books, personal development, those kinds of books do not, what does the higher road give? So it's going to, so a higher road, I, so I believe a higher road gives you fundamental understanding in science that explains to you in rational, logical ways, how and why the universe was created. Okay. And then what it does is it gives you this process that you need to do for this evolutionary process of the soul, for your soul to wake up and gain mastery over your life. And it's very concrete and it's logical and it's rational. And the other thing it does is through this process, it gets at the fundamental issue that other people have not been able to, in my my experience anyway, of not being able to describe that made sense to me is how you get into and break up and dissolve these patterns of thinking and feeling. And when you dissolve, you know, you're very, it's very specific list of things that you need to initially get rid of. And then you need to rebuild your consciousness in a way which is in alignment with uh, the source of our being. And so you need to understand all of this knowledge, this new knowledge to understand exactly what it is that you're going to do as you go through this process. Got it. Got it. Hmm. Well, I, again, have the book and I am looking forward to to completing it. And because, like I said, I'm constantly seeking. I'm constantly trying to be my highest, best self and You know, I wanted to do the work so my soul can be awake and I can draw in love and peace and joy and and all those kinds of things for real, not just, you know, for Facebook or whatever. So I'm really interested in that being enveloped in unconditional love. That sounded amazing to me. I was like, huh, I like that part. So. 
tell me, what is next for D. Neal's evolution? Any new books, or was this your one? They say everybody's got one book in them. Was this your one? <laughs> Are there more projects that we can look forward to? So there's a few things. There's So first off, what I'm doing is I'm sorting through how I can support people and help people as they go through this process. Okay. And so any ideas of, you know, people that are already going through this process or have picked it up. And if you have ideas about what you would like to uh, have in terms of support, then, you know, please send me an email and my emails on my website. There will be another book, but I am waiting to be instructed, so to speak, or inspired as to what the content of that book will be. And it's probably a couple of years out because there's work that needs to be done, you know, individually and globally. So I will, I know I'll be inspired to, to craft that book when it, when it comes to me. But, you know, the first thing I want to do is I want to, I want to help people come out of this, the, you know, kind of shades of darkness that they're in and into the light. And I can tell you that this process that I have followed is an opportunity for you to totally transform your life if you're open to it. Got it. And you know what? I did that just another question just popped in my head. The process, is it is it your process or what or is it kind of a, a compilation of not processes but steps? Where was this like the seven step process that you were taken through or the seven step process came out of what you went through? You know, you know what I'm trying to ask? Yeah, I know what you're trying to ask. <laughs> so it's a combination of both. Okay. Yeah, it's a combination of both. So if I look back now, and I would say that the all of the science books that I read, that I read and share was laying a platform, me, a foundation for me to be able to understand and accept this new material. Got it. Okay. And so I take people through that same process. Okay. That makes sense. Awesome. So we are at the the end of the formal kind of part of our chat. And we are at my favorite part, which is 10 candid questions. This is 10 quick candid questions that I randomly pulled from this huge list I found online. And they are either or some of them require a more fleshed out answer, but they're just a way for my listeners to to know you a little better and it's kind of fun so you ready yeah absolutely all right so the first question is what is your biggest pet peeve oh you know i don't have any anymore ah look at that (laughs) all right well shoot some of my questions might not even work for you Um, (laughs) i used to have pet peeves i don't have any anymore (laughs) <laughs> well, that's awesome. All right. What is the one thing you believe the world is lacking, if any? It's lacking a true expression of ourselves and ourselves. And a true expression of ourself is a true expression of our soul. Mm. And that is unconditional love. Everybody at their soul level is unconditional love. And we are letting the egos take control of our world. And, and by doing that, we've created all of the situations that are currently, you know, that we're experiencing. Got it. Uh, morning person or night owl? Uh, morning. Okay. 
How is your life different now from what you imagined it would be when you were growing up? Oh, totally different. You know, I had every, you know, I had a, I had goals of being, you know, in, you know, well, I, I was, I have been a, in a successful career, but, you know, I was planning on being the president or CEO of some large multi corporation and, you know, being successful and all of that stuff. None of that stuff matters to me anymore. Life is not about, life is not about your externalities. Life is this inward journey. Yeah. I like that answer. All right. Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. <laughs> Me too. Black. <laughs> okay, wait. That's a, I always think black coffee drinkers are like the goat. That is, I cannot, but I do like coffee. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would that be? If I could be remembered for one thing, what I'd like to be remembered by is the, and I'm still a work in progress, everybody, so this answer is going to be an aspirational answer to be a complete embodiment of unconditional love. Nice. I like it. All right. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Me too. <laughs> okay. Is there, oh, introvert or extrovert? You know, it, that depends on, that's a contextual question. Okay. So I like, <laughs> I like to, and I'll tell you why, because I like to discuss processes and stuff openly. So that's an extrovert, you know, process for that to talk about, you know, go through options and things like that. But the introvert is, I'm quite happy to be by myself and without anybody around and just with my own thoughts. I don't need to be, I don't need to be out in the environment. Got it. Oh, we're same, same, same. Okay. Is there, <laughs> <laughs> really? Is there anything else you want to tell my listeners but haven't had the chance to during this chat? Aside from where to get my book and stuff, I think the most important thing is that no matter where you are in life, ill or healthy, happy, depressed, living in a mansion or living on a street, you can totally transform your lives given the, new, the right knowledge, the new knowledge, and the right process. And I invite everybody to read my book and make a decision for themselves. All right. And final question. How can my listeners connect with you? Okay. So let's talk about, I'll give it everything all at once here. Okay. So the book is called A Higher Road, Cleanse Your Consciousness to Transcend the Ego and Ascend Spiritually, A Seven-Step Process to Inner Peace, Joy, Love, Abundance, and Prosperity. It's by D. Neil Elliott, although I go by Neil. Mm -hmm. uh, my website is dneilelliott.com, and a very easy way to get there is ahigherroad.com. All of my social media is on there, and the book is available wherever books are sold globally, in print or ebook form, Kindle, Apple, Nook, or Kobo, and you know Amazon if you want a book relatively quickly. Amazon delivers print copies pretty quickly and otherwise you can order it through your bookstore. Nice. Awesome. So that guys is our time. All of what Neil just said, his contact info, links to the book will be in the show notes when this episode airs. So don't worry if you didn't have time to write all that down. It'll all be in the show notes. And I just want to say that I'm so, so very grateful that you took an hour out of your day 
to spend time talking about yourself, your book, and sharing your process and all of it with me and my listeners. I appreciate you so much for that. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate having this conversation with you. And, you know, my goal is to help bring this world into a new era of love and peace. And, you know, that happens one person at a time. So I hope this I hope this sparks somebody to pick up my book and give it a read and give it a chance. As do I. Guys, regardless of your faith, belief, religion, or lack thereof, I encourage you to get the book and decide for yourself. I love the idea of if it doesn't resonate with you, handing it off to somebody else versus throwing it in the trash or sticking it on the shelf. So go get the book. Let me know what you think. And again, all contact info and show notes will be available in the show notes when this chat airs at the www.thecandidshop.com, candid with a K, website. And as always, thank you again, Neil, for joining me. And guys, until we meet again, I want you all to keep it safe, keep it healthy, and keep it candid.